Welcome back to the TBH IDK podcast season two. First off, I want to say thank you for sticking with me. If you're listening, I did take a bit of a break. I haven't recorded an episode since last Thanksgiving, but I am ready to be back. Um, I did archive most of my episodes from season one, and that is because I really want to do more topic-based and just start fresh. So you're going to hear a lot more topic-based podcasts, episodes this season, and we're going to kick that off today with my mom. We're going to discuss her career in special education and then get into some other fun questions. Okay, so I have my mom here. Hello, everyone again. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Oh, yes. Happy Halloween. Our trick-or-treat was Thursday. We had the most kids we've ever had in a driving rainstorm. (laughs) It was super fun. While we're here, what is the best costume you have done or you and dad have done? Um, The best costume we did in our younger days when our friends always had a Halloween party was the dirty and clean laundry. Okay, so it's the easiest costume ever. You just go get two laundry baskets and cut a hole in them and get in and put them on your hips. And then I was the clean laundry, so I had all the whites. You can talk louder. And then, sorry, oh, I'm being too loud. Sorry, Audrey. And then dad was the dirty laundry, so um, like I had on a wet or, or a um, white sweatsuit, and he had on like dark colors, and then he his hair looked bad, and he hadn't shaved, and um, so he was dirty, and I was the clean laundry, and we won the prize that day. We <laughs> That's won the clever. Prize. Yeah. Okay, so this episode is going to be mainly about your career in special education. And then after we'll do some rapid fire fun questions. So first, take me back to your childhood. Was there anything that made you want to become a teacher or a special ed teacher as a kid? Um, yes, there was. So two things. In, th- in third grade, that was my favorite grade. I'm not sure why. But I was at Midway Elementary and um, in third grade, and I just adored my teacher, Miss Wolber. And I thought it was super cool that she got to go on a coffee break. And honest to God, that is why I thought it would be cool to be a teacher. I don't know why. It just was so cool to me that you get to go on a coffee break. And I didn't know that they have one period that's free that you usually do planning. But evidently, I conjured that up. And then um, when I was about 12, um, some people may not know, but... Um, my mother's side of the family, there's lots of deaf people that are ancestors. So, um, I would see some of the deaf relatives in New Freedom, Pennsylvania, and they were always off to the side and no one was speaking with them. They were speaking amongst themselves and I didn't like that. And so... What did you not like about it? I didn't like that nobody was speaking with them because nobody cared to learn sign language. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that sounds judgmental. Uh, And the situation is, back in the olden days, there was no teachers of the deaf in the school system. You got sent to the Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. Mm -hmm. So that's where they were exposed to sign language, and they had their language. 
Now, well, then they would come home for the summer and not be able to speak with their family. And so, anyway, I didn't like that, and that's kind of why I went into it. Um, what was your education classes like at OSU? You did kind of say this, but did you have a certain class or professor that you remember that made an impact on you, like, in education? Um, well, so my bachelor's degree is in elementary education, and that was very good. Um, I felt like I was pretty well prepared. Um, all of them, they how to teach math, how to teach science, how to teach music. And um, the one that made the, the biggest impact on me was called FEEP. And when you were an incoming freshman education major, you had to take Freshman Early Experience Program, FEEP, F-E-E-P. And so they very quickly got you out into a real classroom and you had to be like a little student teacher and then find out if you liked it or not. And so I got a awesome gig at the Alexander Graham Bell School Preschool for the Deaf. Wow. Out, out um, in Columbus Public Schools and um, out in the Carl Road area. And I was with a very young, nice teacher and she had a pretty rough class of little deaf preschoolers, but I absolutely loved it. And so, yeah, that was the best one. What made you want to go to grad school? Was it that you kind of had to, to be an education major or of the deaf? Yes, um, at Ohio State, you had to go that extra year to get the master's. I found out later um, when I got my first job in a deaf education program that the girls that went to Bowling Green and Kent State only had to have the four-year degree. And I actually felt like they were a little more well-prepared than I was. So anyway, shout out to Earl and Vi Smith for paying for that extra year. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Which they didn't really know they were going to have to do. That's her parents. <clears throat> yep. What was your first post-grad job in teaching? My first job in 1985 out of Ohio State was in a medium-sized hearing impaired program in Zanesville, Ohio. Okay, so about, <laughs> about 45 or 50 minutes away from Columbus. And we had about 40 kids and we served very poor kids in the uh, what you would call pre-Appalachia area, like right on the foothills of Appalachia in Zanesville. Some of them came from West Virginia, very small towns. And um, so, yeah, and I taught uh, four hearing impaired girls at Zanesville High School. <clears throat> How long did it take you to master um, sign language? That took a while, and I was very nervous about teaching high schoolers because at that time Ohio State did not have a very good sign Same language program. Thing. No, you had to go to Columbus State to learn sign language. And uh, that that's the program there where you become a full-fledged certified interpreter. And at Ohio State we just had these um, sign language classes that were just not that great. So here I was with high schoolers that could sign up a storm, mm -hmm. and that, that was, I just had to learn it. I just had to jump right in and learn. They knew way more than I did, so. Did you practice at home a lot? Um, not really, <laughs> and, 
And literally, you just had to order books and and look up the signs. And now I um, work with high school girls at my school I'm at now, at Kaufman High School, and they'll say, what's the sign for religion? What's the sign for good or whatever? And I'm like, just go Google that, and a person does it right in front mm-hmm. of you. There's there's all these websites now, um, and I look up what I look up signs too because I'll forget what a sign is, and the person does it right there yeah. on your laptop. It's amazing. Do you feel like college and your grad school years was more valuable than real world experience, or do you feel like real world, like student teaching, and made you grow more? Well, I I think that the uh, definitely the core classes um, in education and in deaf ed definitely helped me. Um, and, you know, college is all about becoming independent and mm-hmm. running your own show and learning how to be an adult. So, but there, there, that being said, there's nothing, um, no substitute for your first mm-hmm. job and all that. Yeah. Yeah. What is the most rewarding and fulfilling part of your career, and what is the most challenging part? My mo- the most rewarding part of my career is helping kids talk um, and giving them language. So I always tell people, when you take a child that is basically nonverbal, and by the end of the school year, if they're saying three words together, I, I literally start to cry. <laughs> and... It's like Christmas morning. Yeah. I, I remember telling several principals that this one year, I my student was nonverbal, and then he said, um, play outside. <laughs> he said, play outside and the principal's name, mm-hmm. because he knew that the principal was going to decide if we had indoor or outdoor <laughs> recess based on the weather, because it was winter. And he said, play outside and the man's name, and I just about did yeah. a backflip. Yeah. What is the most challenging? Oh, the most challenging for sure is behaviors. Because I used to teach um, just purely kids with a hearing impairment. Now um, our friends have multiple uh, diagnoses. They may be hearing impaired with autism or autistic with you know, a behavior challenge or whatever it is. So there's there's two or three issues going on all at the same time. What keeps you going when you have a really challenging day at school, people are acting up, and then you are just, like, so tired? <laughs> Honest to goodness, I visualize having my coffee at 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can In do your shower. this. You're going to, yeah, you can have your coffee at 3 or 3.30, and then that nighttime shower mm-hmm. and just watch the news at 10 o'clock. Sometimes you have to do that. I remember being a young mom and you are waking up mm-hmm. and you know what's in front of you that day. <laughs> and I would literally visualize at 7 in the morning, visualize, you know, yeah. putting everybody to bed and jumping <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> um, do you think working in education helped you or gave you a leg up in parenting or was parenting a whole new ball game? Well, parenting is a whole different thing. And I totally remember 
being a young teacher and just married and I didn't have kids yet. And this was in Zanesville and I was teaching elementary kids and this one mom said, I can't get so-and-so to stay in his own bed. He's, he sleeps in our bed every night and we can't get him out. And she asked me for advice and I didn't know what to say because I, I had no idea because I didn't have That's kids funny yet. that she asked you. I know. And rule number one, everybody, never <laughs> let your kids sleep in your bed. Why? There might be people that have let their kids, though. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's a common practice. Don't do it. Why? Because you'll never get them out. You will. It, it's, a, it's a problem. Um, I feel like it's kind of like when you feed your dogs table food, they never stop coming exactly. back. Exactly. Very good analogy. <laughs> you will spend the rest of your days trying to get that kid yeah. out. And honest to goodness, my kids were the three best sleepers you would ever find. You guys, you went from the crib <laughs> to a big per- people's bed, your own bed, and you just were great sleepers and I just don't fall for it mm-hmm. do not and don't lay down with them either yeah because you're not lay down with them. them I'm sorry no get your bed <laughs> here's your story I will see you later <laughs> morning do you feel like being a teacher gave you more patience with your kids your own kids yes but I'll, I'll tell you this much the the my newer job these last 11 years, 12 years, that's been a very clear exercise yeah. in patience with being the age I am and mm-hmm. then going back to special ed and all the behaviors. That's, yeah. What would you say to someone who might be interested in teaching in special ed but isn't sure if it's for them? Well, um, you need to find <laughs> out. You Usually in college... Um, there are those those classes where you're getting your feet wet a little and going in. But I would say if you're in high school and you're not sure, you need to dive into the special ed uh, peer support there and do peer support. Like I know Audrey um, did that. I know that Joel helped out some here and there. Um, that's the way you're going to find out. And when I look at our peers at Kaufman High School, they are almost like full-fledged teachers with the, the behaviors they're managing. It's unbelievable, some of the, the gals that are our, our helpers. They've been doing it two, three years, and they, they've got it. They, they know how to manage behaviors. And when you go in to interview for a job, they are going to ask you, mm-hmm. how are you managing behaviors? Do you have any experience managing the behaviors? And... Uh, we're really lucky that we have behavior analysts here in Dublin. We've got three or four, and we're extremely lucky to have those people. It's, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. If you could go back now to when you were first starting, what advice would you give yourself? Well, I would tell a new teacher coming out and having their first job, uh, to find a mentor very quickly. <clears throat> That's what it's all about. And anybody, whether you're going into business or, or you know, medical, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Now, Dublin City Schools does that. They assign you a mentor right away. That's smart. You have to report to them. You have to complete this entire curriculum with your mentor. 
and I've I've heard that it's almost like a college class now. Um, but anyway, yes. So I didn't have any mentors at Zanesville High School. I was super isolated. They gave me the coach's office. I didn't even have a real classroom. And I, of course, I'm naive. I'm I'm 23 years old or whatever. I didn't know any better. They're like, here's your room. There wasn't hardly enough room for a, a, a teacher's desk and three student chairs. That's sad. Uh, but do you think I knew any better? I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, and I did, I just did not have any mentors. Um, so anyhow, that's what I would do. Get a mentor yeah. right away. This is the last question in this segment. What do you want to do when you retire? Can you still do something in this field, like working with kids when you retire? Yes. So when I retire, whenever that might be, um, there is a huge need for qualified subs everywhere. So I know there's a a major shortage right now in all the suburbs. So I I will definitely be plugging into that. Mm -hmm. And then I I will have my choice of going back to the schools I like, that I know the staff is is great. I, I know some of the kids. So I would love to do that subbing and then probably care providing too. That's a that's a, that's a the job where you get with an agency and you give the families a break for a few hours and take mm-hmm. their special ed uh, student out. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Okay, now we're gonna do some rapid fire fun questions. Yay! <laughs> when do you feel the happiest? When? Yeah. Wow, that's a good question. I just I just feel happy <laughs> every day, I think. Like do you mean like what time of year? Just or? interpret it how you like when do for I feel me, happy? I feel like it's when I get 8 hours of sleep, when oh, it's okay. Saturday, when it's the fall. Mm. Like yesterday was a good day for me. Mhm. I just yeah, I think being well rested is is very important, but Um, as you might guess when you have a job and then when you're parenting people in your younger days, you're not always going to get all that rest. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but right now I'm at my happiest when, you know, we have a good day at school and, um, children are learning and being a two on the Enneagram, I just, I can't get away from it. I have to, I have to be helping people. Mm Mm-hmm. I just is when I feel that I'm helping somebody, whether it's making a meal for somebody that I find out about or helping your kids, whatever, helping the kids. Yep, that's when I'm happiest. Three simple things that make you happy. Um, a cup of coffee at three to three thirty. <laughs> Everybody that knows me knows how key that is. So a a, a nice quality cup of coffee every day um just being in touch with my friends and family to an adequate level um and then just having some downtime to read or go on a power walk do you recharge alone or with people i recharge by having some downtime for sure yeah but that being said, I still like to be with people too. But um, yeah, if 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 I, if you don't have that downtime, that's that's probably not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your least favorite day of the week and your favorite day of the week? 
Hmm. You know what is so weird? My favorite day is Thursday. I like Thursday too. I don't know why. Because you have the feeling of Friday. Everything is kind of more relaxed. Yeah. It's Friday. At school, we call it Friday Junior. So Thursday is Friday Junior because you know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be great. You're going to have a little break. And then my least favorite, hmm. I think Tuesday. I think Tuesday probably. Yeah. Tuesday. And then Wednesday's fun because it's hump day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is something small that could throw off your whole day if you didn't do? Um, you know, I'm very structured and routinized. So if I was super rushed in the morning and couldn't get Mm -hmm. ready and, you know, do my whole little routine, um, that would, that would not be good. That's not a good way to start the day. And I have to make the bed. Yeah. The bed has got to be made. So either Mr. Blazer or I have to make the bed. And I can't stand seeing it unmade when you go to bed at night. Would it throw off your whole day if Dad was awake before you in the kitchen? Yeah, it's not good to be in my way. I hate to... (laughs) That sounds really mean. But it's it's just not good to be in my way. I move really fast. And Dad kind of moves... Slower. Oh, he knows to stay in bed. He he waits until the garage door goes up. He knows not to be down there. I mean, occasionally it's okay, but I move so fast through my little routine that I do in the morning, and then I'm out the door. So if you're in my path, it's not good. Um, are you more like your mom or your dad, and why? I feel like I'm like both. Um, do you like a percentage? Would you say 50-50? Uh, yeah, because, um, yes, I, I could be a little bit more like my dad. Um, but, yeah, he was very structured, very organized. Um, recently, it's so weird. I, I've always looked at magazines from the back to the front, and my mother told me he did that. Why do you do that? It's very strange. I told Dad... Why do I do that? It's because I like to, I don't want to see the best stories first. I like to build from the back. <laughs> like that that Dublin magazine, I open it in the back and it's always the book selections that this person makes and then this person's essay. And then you go to the restaurants and then to the front. And so I don't know. Interesting. That's, that's how I've always been. And People Magazine, that's how I read People Magazine. I go to the back. I didn't know that. And then, so my dad was super organized and structured and was never late. And then my mom um, just was super kind and mm-hmm. just always, she was always happy, always cheerful. And I, I think, you know, all three of us girls are like that yeah. too. What is one other state that you would move to? Um, I, we've talked about this, I think. I think North Carolina. You've talked about moving there? No, we're not going to move, but if somebody made Yeah, me I love pick, North Carolina. North Carolina, within hours, you have the hiking and the mountains and then the beach also. And uh, Shout out to the Shout North Carolina the Blazers. Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, if I had to choose, I think that's me what too. I would choose. I would never live in the hot south. Yep. What's one job you would be terrible at? Oh, golly, jeepers. 
Um, probably sitting in an office all day. I I can't think of a job that that I I would hate or whatever, but I just um, mine would be like oh, waitressing. What say it again? Being a waitress, I don't think I could do that. Okay. Oh, sales where you have to knock on people's door and go in and try to get like the, get the sale. Oh my gosh, the rejection. Oh, I don't think I'd like that at all. What's your favorite thing about dad? Um, he, he gets mad when I say this, but it's because he was such a nice guy. <laughs> why does he get mad? He's like, why don't you say that I was super hot or something? <laughs> he's, he's handsome, but it's, it's just because he was so congenial yeah. and easygoing. And they, some people say you marry somebody like one of your parents or some of the quality. And mm-hmm. that, that would be my mother's quality is the congeniality. Yep. Easygoing. What was or is the, or what was the your favorite year of your life? You can have multiple, but just w- pick one. Ah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, eighteen was great. That was super fun. You're a senior, and uh, the world is your oyster. But also, the college years were super mm-hmm. great, super super fun. What is something good that you learned this year or throughout the pandemic? Yeah. Something good that I learned this year. I feel like I learn something once a week. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just stuff on the computer. When people show me something new, like on my phone or on my school laptop, when I learned some of those skills, because we had to we had to shift to everything online a lot, so t- you know taking charge of of the lessons and things that we had to do. Not that I designed them, but I at least now can roll mm-hmm. through the lessons and know how to do all that. Two things you're looking forward to. This is like the last question. Oh, two things I'm looking forward to. Oh, probably seeing the new babies that are coming, coming in the family. It, it's fun because we're a great aunt and uncle now, and then there's going to be another one in December. Um, and then I suppose turning 60, I'm looking forward to that because we have the super fun trip to St. Lucia with the high school and college friends. Which is off-brand for you to go. I know. I tell people I'm going kicking and screaming. I'm not the best traveler. It's not, I'm, it's not something I would plan. I'd rather stay in the United States, right? Go to wine country or something. But I'm going to go and have fun. But that, that's definitely something to look forward to. But I can't believe we're going to be 60. Um, <laughs> Julia's outside the door. Oh, Julia's here. You can make a guest of appearance we're, we're doing yeah. podcast come here What's the topic well um, we're career. this is like the last question you both can will both of you leave us with a piece of advice it can be anything about what <laughs> anything oh gosh um stay in touch with your friends i'm i'm we are really really making even more concerted effort 
especially my college roommates. I'm already planning a December sleepover at, at my house. Here? Yeah. At, um, this one weekend in December, we're going to get together and maybe we're, I think we're going to do, do a craft and then go to Bridge Park. That's fun. For food and drinks. And then yeah. we're going to go to, um, I guess, Easton and go to like the discount stores like oh. TJ Maxx. You should go to yeah. the Morgan house. We could do that. Yeah, we could. But stay in touch with your friends, people. To be a friend, to to have friends, you've got to be a friend. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're the, the one that um, reaches out more? Or is um, it... Well, I am a planner. I am a planner. Let me yeah. comment on that, too. I think, I think our younger people don't realize how much... You actually have to make an effort. I think... Yes. I think younger people think you shouldn't have to, that everything's going to come naturally. Yes, because of social. Because um, it all goes back to that. We are finding out that you younger people think being on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat is fulfilling your friendship obligation. And it's not true. It's doing the opposite. It's doing the opposite. It's not true. You need to get together with those people because... They may not be here all the time. Yeah, and or not be here eventually. When you're our age, you find out yeah. that that is true. So, yes, that's my advice. Yeah. Do you my have any advice, advice? About anything? Anything. Yeah. I would say, well, tell me, I would say um, what's coming to mind right now is follow your gut. Trust oh, yourself. Very yeah, good. that's a I good. I think you, you, uh, you have to tune everything else out you have the answer within you um wow i'm guilty of asking a lot of people i ask people in the past i've asked everybody like what do you what should i do what should i do you don't need to do that that's me yeah you know the answer (laughs) Mm -hmm. just make a decision and drown out all the other noise and it sometimes feels like a leap of faith but like you trust yourself can't go wrong. That's very That's good. good. That's good. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That was we'll fun. See you next time. We'll see ya. All right, guys. That wraps up this episode of TBH IDK. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my mom, and I hope you guys have a great week. See you next time.